Yeah, hold that, please. Level five, thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to attend the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to attend the Channelized Bing Bingus at the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This is Fight Night Extra on TalkSport 2. If you love your boxing, this is the show for you. Fight Night Extra with me, Gareth A. Davis and Barry Jones. It's our first show of 2024 and a happy new year to all of you. Over the next hour, myself and Barry will be looking ahead to the year in boxing and discussing our hopes and dreams for the upcoming 12 months. We'll assess the state of play in the heavyweight division. Fury Usyk is only six weeks away now, and where does Anthony Joshua sit now amongst the top contenders after his convincing technical win over Otto Wallin at the Day of Reckoning? What a five-round display that was from him. We'll also talk about the fight we want to see most this year. What next for Pound for Pound King? Terence Crawford, will Jaya Pattaya unify the cruiserweight division? And which British fighters will we see make progress? Plus, we'll talk about what lessons we can learn from last year to make 2024 even better. Lots to get through. This is Fight Night Extra on TalkSport 2. I'm going to bust him. Sausage, ugly little man, rabbit. Run, rabbit, run, rabbit, run, run, run. You know what's coming. You're getting smashed to pieces, sausage. You're fighting the best British heavyweight there's ever been. You beat all the rest of them, but you ain't beat Tyson Fury yet, sausage. This whole thing has been a game changer. I mean, that's, mm. that's what I used with from the phrase I used from the beginning when mm. we, when, when Tyson Nagano, uh, you know, I just felt this was going to lead to something special. And the last show was special. I believe I'm a massive threat. I still think Wilder's a threat, and I still think it does amazing numbers if we get it on. But I'll leave that down to my management, trainers, promoters to make the decision. I'm down to fight anyone, whenever and whoever. I haven't heard anything yet. And like I said before, it's in the contract, so it's not if I'm open to it or not. It's, you know, what's in the contract. And if he was to come to me or activate his... Uh, rematched in our honor. Barry, a very, very warm welcome to 2024. Great to see you. Um, we're looking forward to 2024 today, obviously. Um, we talked before we started recording. What have you got from 2023 that you liked on your four pages of A4? Well, I, that's right, Gareth, because boxing has been such a busy sport in the last couple of years, especially last year more than any. I, I couldn't remember all the fights. I mean, I've been to most of the fights, as you have, but I literally sit down thinking, right, this start from January. And by the time I got to April, I had like six fights written down, seven, maybe seven, but really good fights. And I thought, I that would usually be like a 12-month period of, of seven really good fights in a year. Yeah. And then, no, maybe like 20 shows. I mean, there's been about, there's about 40 shows by the time we got to February. But... My my highlight, if that's what you're asking for, for 2023, was most definitely being out in Las Vegas for Terence Crawford versus Errol Spence. I think that was the fight for me. I know everyone wants to heavyweight the big heavyweight fights, and I understand why. But for me, that fight was really the fight for boxing. And it delivered in a way we didn't expect. You know, we expected a really competitive fight where it was hard to pick a winner. Let's be honest, we, no, nobody was really supremely confident. Most of us picked Crawford, but only because of maybe Spence's inactivity, but the naturally bigger guy. But 
the way that Crawford dominated Errol Spence at the highest stage in Las Vegas in a packed out arena was well the ring walk alone was was worth was worth the admission fee. But to see that that stellar performance against a I think a generational talent in Terence Crawford was my certainly my highlight of two thousand twenty three. It's funny you say that because let me just go back over those first few months, by the way, um, and what happened through the year. We had Liam Smith and Chris Eubank twice, two incredible fights that had unbelievable finishes and performances and deliveries, maybe what we weren't expecting in both. Early in the year, Otto Betabiev and Anthony Yard, Lee Wood and Mauricio Lara twice, David Benavidez and Caleb Plant, Joe Joyce and Gili Zhang twice, that Javonta Davis and Ryan Garcia, and then we got to... The Crawfords. And we got Katie Taylor and Chantel Cameron twice. And Ryan Garcia and Javonta Davis. Then we got Terence Crawford in that mid part of the year. Like you say, that was my list that I put together for the first four or five months. And it was extraordinary. Well, and, and also, because you couldn't, you can't, you can't list every fight. You got Dallas Eastman in the European title in France away from home, which was fantastic. Uh, you yeah. know, there was Marlon Tabalis beating. Um, Akhmadiliev, you no, know, in, in a surprise win to, to partly unify the super band that made the division. You know, Cordina with that absolute war against Rakamov in Cardiff. You no, know, that was an absolutely brilliant fight to retain the title. He never lost, of course. And then, and then before we even go on about Chantal Cameron versus Katie Taylor, Devin Haney, you no, know, beating the great Vasil Lomachenko. You no, know, in it was just an absolutely Lopez you know, stopping Conlon in Belfast of all places. You no, know, Billum Smith winning winning against Akoli in Bournemouth in a football ground. And we're only only at May, and we and we have all those highlights already. I know some of the some of those fights aren't even on my list, believe it or not, because I I was I was looking at the top line. But when you mentioned them, and I was at several of those as well, and they were extraordinary. Jake Paul versus Jake Paul versus Tommy Fury. It doesn't mean much in the landscape of boxing, but as an event, I wasn't there, but I'm sure you were. As an event, it was huge. It was massive. So you know this. Every, it, boxing ticked every box. Let's be honest. Um, to give Misfits his mention, uh, or KSI and 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 the the, the deal with DAZN and Wasserman is mentioned. Barry, when we did our commentary on Tommy Fury and KSI, even I think it did the live along camera on the on on us commentating did two and a half million views. So people are consuming it that way, and that's why I think boxing fans were consuming because they didn't want to. Do the pay per view. We'll come on to misfits and 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 the kind of things that we'd like to change in boxing later in in the show. But um, fighter of the year. There's three in my mind, maybe four, but there's there's three in my mind. I'll, let me get let me get your top three. Yeah, I think my three will be the same as yours. I think the Devin Haney, you know. The- I think beating Lomachenko and then, and then beating Regis Progray recently puts him in, the, in that conversation for me, most definitely. Um, no, the great Anui, of course. Unifying another title, four-weight world champion. No, undisputed champion again at another weight. No, that that all, he's, He has a real, the strongest of arguments against the guy who I'm picking, which is Terence Crawford. I think, again, no, it was only one fight last yeah. year, unfortunately. And that's that's the only thing that you could knock him back for. But it was it was the fight of twenty twenty three. It was it was you no, know, it was the two best. It was we were talking about Leonard and Hearns. We were talking about this was you no, know, yeah, on a level of that magnitude. You know the the two clearly best welter. Okay, they were okay. They're not in their mid early twenties like Leonard and Hearns were when they boxed each other. But this is not this is not the nineteen eighties anymore. We're at a different time now where, where people are peaking at different ages. So. Look, to get those two together, I think for me, and the way he dominated, still a really, really great fighter in, in Al Spence. I think Terence Crawford wins fight of the year in my book. Yeah, well, I, I'm going to go for Devin Haney, mainly because, like you say, kind of a body of work was greater. I mean, Terence Crawford's performance and efficiency, I think there's two boxers in the world that I see right now, very similarly to Terence Crawford, is he... Um, I don't put Devin Haney in that bracket, but he, but Dimitri Bivol and Terence Crawford are two of the most efficient boxers in the world. Um, and they're very comfortable in the office. They can stop you when they get the opening. They'll go 12 rounds if they have to. And I, and I, I completely buy the reason why you choose Terence, because that was an era-defining fight. There's no question about it. Um, Noya Inouye... Um, 
just incredible. He really is a monster. He, he's 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 a force of nature. We don't see him enough in Europe and America, in my view, because he's got his Japan thing. It was on Boxing Day that Bob Arum and Top Rank put that on. He's an extraordinary fighter. Um, you know, to go up and be a, a, a two-weight undisputed champion is extraordinary in men's boxing uh, at the end of the day. But for me, based on what we've seen from Devin Haney in terms of those two fights, or not, there weren't both fights, weren't this year, but what, what Haney's done against George Cambosos to change his style, outboxed him the first time, bull to the matador, then went set about him, then the fight with Vasily Lomachenko, where he had to go through difficult periods in the latter rounds of that fight. Um, and I think he learned from it again. And I think in the Re in the Regis Progre fight, Barry, I think we saw, I saw shapes on him that looked like Floyd Mayweather, um, that, that looked like that defensive genius as well as that attacking force. And I think we might be seeing the beginning of greatness from Devin Haney right now. Um, he was sitting just in front of us, wasn't he, in Riyadh the other day, two weeks yeah. ago, with his dad, Bill Haney. He's in the mix. I just think if he can fight Teofimo Lopez, um, uh, Ryan Garcia, uh, Tank Davis and Shaka Stevenson, all four of those at some point in the next two and a half years, I think we're going to get an era of greatness. I still think Shaka may be the best of all of them, but I think if he can take Shaka up to 140, 147 to fight him, he may have the advantages. But, but for me, and for those reasons... The development of Devin Haney, I'm picking him. Yeah, just, I, I, I could argue. I'm not going to though. I, I think no, because they're all valid reasons. I think they are genuinely good reasons why you would pick him. And I, and I, I do think he's for me is certainly in the top three. The way he, you know, I thought, I thought he lost against Lomachenko, but even though it was close enough not to argue, I would say that. But the way he dominated Regis Progre, and again, a, a fight that was meant to be massively competitive. We all picked Haney to win. Let's be honest, but. Not the way he did it with ease. He did it with ease, and and then you start going, oh well, well, Progre maybe yeah. is no a shot worn, maybe at that highest level, but we we weren't saying that before the fight. So the way he dominated him, I would only say that the reason why I picked Crawford apart is, is because he dismantled Errol Spence. He didn't just beat. See, Devin Haney is is a, like yeah. Shakur Stevenson showed this year is a precocious talent, but. As, as Shakur Stevenson, you know, he 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 got to learn to go through the gears to be an all-time great, to be a great, a good fighter and a clever fighter and a world champion like they are. They're doing the right things to be a great fighter like a Sugar Ray Leonard. They knew when to take that educated risk and they would take it every time. And that's why they had those standout performances and those and those wins that stand the test of time. And and, and again, Haney, as brilliant as he is and as efficient as he is, as you, you mentioned, he is efficient. He, and like Crawford early in his career, let's be at times, didn't he, he could do more times in fights. Where if, you can't just dominate. If you're dominating the fight, you got you got to go for the finish, and that's what Crawford did against Errol Spence. He didn't want to just beat him; he wanted to beat him up, and he systematically bullied a fighter who was bigger and stronger than him. And so for me, but yeah, but I wouldn't argue with you, Gareth. I'm not. I'm not let's not let's start off on a good on a good note, mate. I think that was a a good choice by yours. But I, I go for Crawford, you <laughs> go for Haney. And and that that will will sit on different sides of the fence for that one. But my standout moment of the year, Barry, believe it or not, is an event, and it's the last event we were at, which was the Day of Reckoning in Saudi Arabia. The game has changed in the heavyweight division. A super league is being created. We saw six or seven main events on that Saturday night. It's great for boxing, and we're going to talk about it in the next section. You're listening to Fight Night Extra on TalkSport 2. Still to come, we'll be talking about the fights we want to see happen this year. But up next, we'll talk about the heavyweight division, how things will play out in boxing's blue ribbon division over the next 12 months. Let's take a look. By technical knockout, he is AJ Anthony Joshua. 
guys know what's next, isn't it? You know where yeah, I'm going. Yeah. Make your man talk. Let the belts come back home to Ukraine. Thank you, ladies I already and gentlemen. One Ukrainian of all the belts. Glory and to I the heroes. That idiot of the belts I gave him, including my ring magazine that I only vacated last year, so I can win it back three times. Sausage. You're listening to Fight Night Extra on TalkSport 2 with me, Gareth A. Davis, and him, the former world champion turned pundit and brilliant pundit he is, Barry Jones. Barry, heavyweights. We're going to fire through this because there is so much to talk about. How good is it that we start the year with Tyson Fury against Alexander Usyk? But have we seen things from both men? Everyone's talked about the delay. At least it's happening. We get to go to the ring of fire. But judging on last performances from both of them, where are we? If you're only as good as your last fight, then Fury's in trouble. You would say that much. But if, if we go on the best versus the best version of each other, then you have to say Fury's in with a really good chance. If he can be more motivated, which he will be, I think I think you know I think you can get it right. This is this is a career de- defining fight for him. This will change his whole. They're always remembered in the, in the history of the sport. So he'll have to get it right. And I think at his very very best. If he can get back to that, well, who knows? He's very hard to beat, extremely hard to beat, because he's as clever as Uzik. I'm, I'm glad you say legacy. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you say legacy, though, Barry, because because he always says legacy is not important. That's a bluff as far as I'm concerned. And it's not just legacy. You know this. You've been around long enough in the sport. This is an era-defining fight. 25 years we've waited for an undisputed title. At Holyfield... And Lennox Lewis the last time. Lewis is going to hand the belt over, you know. He's going to hand the belt over on the night. He's going to be there. An undisputed title. It means so much, doesn't it? And how apt is it that, again, it's another former cruiserweight world champion who's moved up to be a heavyweight champion to give him, to give the heavyweight championship the world that, that stamp of approval. It's to say, it's history repeating itself. So you think, for, and you're right, for Fury, this is the fight for him to say, well, no, to be mentioned with the greats. Because right now, you know, he talks a good game and he is a fantastic fighter, but still, his body of work is quite shallow compared to other fighters of, of uh, you know, that he's kind of comparing himself to, like Lennox Lewis and, and, and Muhammad Ali. Their, their, their record in depth, strength in depth, is phenomenal. His is not quite there. But Uzik, that win, to civilify yourself as, the, as easily the best, then that, 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 puts him in a, that puts him in a higher level for the rest of his life. And all the money in the world that he has, it's somewhere else. But it also closes out that debate about Fury and Joshua. Although, if we just bring in that Joshua performance on Otto Wallin, um, muscularity, his power and robustness, some combinations in there, clearly the right trainer in Ben Davison, giving him the right armaments. Technically, for 15 minutes, the best busting Joshua we've seen for a long time. And don't you now want to see Joshua and Fury more than ever? You do. Again, with the heavyweights, I said years ago with the heavyweights, you can re- you can recycle a heavyweight till his legs fall off. And I was joking, but it was actually the truth, because you can. It just yeah. goes, well, one good performance. It's true. It is true. Isn't it? With yeah. that division more than any other, because you know, either lacking the confidence, Joshua, it's all, it's all mental with Joshua, the confidence to throw that jab. He throws that jab, with a, with intent, that right hand follows, and he and he's an explosive fighter again, and that and he'll build off that in the ring, and that's what he did. That's what he did against Valin. He built off his confidence every round. He got more comfortable, and I think now a, a confident Joshua going into any fight is a dangerous prospect for anybody. This is, I still think you no, know, you make Fury a bigger favorite, and you make Usyk a favorite again, again if they box for for a third time. But now you give him a better chance than you ever gave him before. Ditto to Joseph Parker getting back in the frame. He handled the bully, Deontay Wilder. You never let the bully come forward. He nullified his right hand. Wilder was out of sorts. Maybe he's had his day. And he hit him with his overhand right. Brilliant jab, great footwork. Right now, I'd love to know your view on Deontay Wilder. And let's look at who our top six are at the moment. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting one because, you know, Parker looked like he, he's... Got to the hill, and he was on. He was on the slide. Let's not remember. Only a few fights ago, he struggled. He didn't struggle. Yeah. Very lackluster against Jack Massey. So, uh, no, a cruiserweight, really. So you tend to think he wouldn't give Wilder too much trouble. But he got the tactics right because what he did with Wilder is he didn't. He threw, and then before and Wilder fires back instantly. That's his natural reaction. 
and Parker threw, and then he threw in combination straight after he threw a single shot. He was throwing flurries to stop Wilder from working. And you can see Wilder afraid to throw because he, he, he was getting caught when he tried to throw that right hand. And then in the end, he got gun shy and couldn't throw that right hand. And without that right hand, he's nothing. Because technically, he's not he's never been the greatest of fighters. He's been outboxed in most of his fights. But he always finds that equaliser and he couldn't find it. And that's all down to the tactics of Parker yeah. being brave. What Parker is, he's brave. You have to be brave to get close and stay close and willing to throw in that zone where you can get knocked out. And he did it and it come off. Now, all of a sudden, you say he's a dangerous opposition again. Now, he's, again, that one fight can change your career in that division. And now he's, he's teaching on the level there. But having said that, you mentioned Jack Massey, but. Four fights, four wins in 2023, the most active of the top 10 heavyweights. Clearly, four fights, an extraordinary run, really. Right now, for me, still Fury 1, Usyk 2. Some people have Usyk as number one, but please prove it, Alexander, against Tyson. Joshua 3, Zhang 4, Parker 5, Wilder 6, Kabayel 7, Andy Ruiz, Jared Anderson, Frank Sanchez, Mahmoudov coming back. I mean, it's a great Daniel Dubois, hasten to add. You know, he deserves a place. That was a great performance, wasn't it? He showed stones, didn't he? Oh, Daniel Dubois. You could, no, again, the question's always going to be about Daniel Dubois, about his, about his courage under fire. But against a Miller, who, who, okay, slow feet, but he has fast hands and he's big and he tried to walk you down. And you know, you've seen Joshua in the past. Once he's uh, Joshua, sorry, you've seen Dubois in the past. Once he starts to panic, starts to tire, he panics. But he never in that fight. He showed great, great composure, no. uh, great structure in his work, and he came, and he believed in himself. And it was a really good performance from him. And that, and psychologically, and also his heart. That question about his heart, that's been sort of pushed away now. And he, I know he's a real force. I, I think your I think your your list there is probably spot on. I do think that Parker takes the the place of Wilder now with that dominant performance. Wilder can still be can still be listen. Wilder still got that right hand. He can hit you. He can hurt you. But we got to start thinking. What did those those last two, the second and third fights against Fury? What did they take out of him? And it looks like they maybe took a lot yeah. out of him. And if that's the case, and he can't pull the trigger, then he's just a six foot seven punching bag. And I don't want to say that about him. But if that's what's what if that's the case. Being that big, tall, like athletic guy, all of a sudden you're a big, tall guy who hasn't got the weight and the strength to absorb those punches against the, the naturally bigger heavyweights. Yeah, I mean, it is brilliant in the space of three events in Saudi. We've now got a super league for the heavyweights. At least it feels like that division is being sorted out. But my word, after nine minutes of Miller and Dubois, I was... I was Dubois must have felt like he was hitting a giant sofa because that's what he absorbed those punches. Um, and it wasn't till seven or eight rounds. In fact, Stan, I, Dubois' dad gets a lot of stick for being too interventionist, but he was screaming because we had the, on TalkSport, we had the, the ring mics, the corner mics during rounds. And his dad said, effing get in there and throw your hands going out for the end of the sixth I think it was and he turned the corner at that moment in that fight for me and that was the moment that the boy left the village right a passage to being a man in the heavyweight division in my view and I also think that we all got we always I always say the fighters the trainer's only as good as his fighter and I, and I, and I believe that till the day I die yeah but a good trainer's worth his weight in gold and a good fit is is, is most important. And I do think with Don Charles and, and Dubois, it's a really good fit. He believes in Don Charles. I thought he listened to instructions really well. And he and he did what he was told right up until the last round. And ironically, he almost got the finish, he almost got the knockout in the last round. But he, he was so yeah. he was so disciplined with his work. So he worked away. He knew he had to be busy, but he, he knew he all of a sudden listened to Don and know about not getting too greedy in your success when you land with a big shot. Don't go don't go too gung ho and empty the tank. Keep a little bit in, keep keep aware that you've got a big guy here, you've got to systematically beat down. And that's what he did. And it, and, and in the end, I thought he boxed a flawless display and showing that he that he could hit that stamina for the twelve round distance or the ten round distance will, will I think that, that really puts him back in the limelight. Um final one, short answer. So I'll give mine first. Fury and Usyk, I've got this weird feeling I'm gonna have a controversial draw in the first fight. They'll split the belts. They'll fight again at the beginning of the Riyadh season 2024. 
And I've got a feeling that that'll be a draw and then we'll have to see what happens to, to that November-October fight again. Joshua's going to fight Hergovic for the IBF, in my view, and become a three-time heavyweight champion of the world. That's how I see next year mapping out. Joseph Parker will probably fight someone like Agit Kabayel. That's a great fight as well. Um, or you could put Gili Zhang in with Joseph Parker. There's so many great ramifications now for the top five, six, seven in the division. And maybe you throw Deontay Wilder at Francis Ngannou. Yeah, that's not a bad thing at all. I think, <laughs> I think, I, I, this is going to sound crazy when I say here now. I'd like to see Dubai and Zhang. I think it's, it's a dangerous fight. I Lovely. don't think if the Zhang, Zhang's power could knock Dubai out, but I think Dubai showed a real good, good, good structure to his work. And I thought, you know, maybe that going into the confidence that he had, if he can do a job on Zhang, who historically he tires, he hasn't in the last few fights, but that's because he's, he's dictated the pace. But if 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 Dubai can take the pace like he did did against Miller, then you know then we'll see what it's like after six or seven rounds if he's still on his feet. I do think I do fancy um, Fury to get it right against Uzik, and I do think Joshua does box um, for the for the IBF title, and I do think he wins it. I do think he becomes a three-time world champion. All right, all right then. Let's say then. Let well, well let's say then, and Usyk and Fury don't fight twice. Let's say, all right, who's gonna be? Who's going to be the heavyweight world champion at the end of this year then? I think there's going to be more than one, unfortunately. And I do okay. think I do think we're going to go back Fury to and we're, we're, Joshua. We're going to go yeah. back to the future and it's going to be Fury and Joshua again. So they've got to fight in early 2025, haven't they? That's and if and if we get that for the next 14 months and we get these seven, eight fights we're talking about. No one can blame what has happened with Saudi investment in heavyweight boxing because we've wanted this for like two and a half years, really, haven't we? Yeah, we have, you know, and, and again, money talks, and that's fine. It's always, that's always been the case, whether it's Saudi, Las Vegas, New York, or London, money <laughs> talks, and the money's getting these fighters in the ring to fight each other, and we're getting what we want. Let's be happy. Great stuff, Barry. You're listening to Fight Night Extra on TalkSport 2. Next up, we're talking about the fights we want to see happen in 2024. Hold that, please. Level five. Thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to Ertzen the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to Ertzen the Channelized Bing Bingus at the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. You're listening to Fight Night Extra on TalkSport 2 with me, Gareth Davis, and him, Barry Jones, the former world champion. Barry, we've just done heavyweights. Let's look at our fight wish list for 2024. We talked about our favorite fighters from 2023, those that deserve great credit. Terence Crawford, Devin Haney, Noya Inui. I, I want to throw in there, by the way, we did mention him earlier, Lee Wood in the UK. 
What a comeback against Mauricio Lara. And what a brilliant performance against Josh Warrington. And he's always going to be a crowd pleaser. Here's, I'm, I'm going to throw it out there, a fight I want, really want to see in 2024. And it helps your guy, Cardiff Dioch, is Joe Cordina against Lee Wood in Cardiff. Come on, we've got to have that one, haven't we? This is, I'd love to see it, but if Lee Wood boxes Joe Cordina, it's in Nottingham. 100 million percent, it's going to be in Nottingham. But I'd love to see that For, fight. Two fights. Two fights. Two one fights. in Cardiff, one in Nottingham. Oh, it would be amazing. And, and, and they'd be really good fights to watch as well. I think you know, Cordina goes in a favour because he's naturally bigger. Cordina's a lightweight. Masquerading as a super featherweight. That's the truth of it. And and Lee Woods have been a, a super featherweight. Masquerading as a featherweight. So they meet sort of meet in the yeah. middle. You're talking about what fight I'd like to see. And I broke it down to this list here. You can see. You can see. I don't know else can see. It. I've got a massive list of fights I'd like to see. I don't, I, I don't well, know throw them I at me and I'll comment. Go on, go, okay. go through all of them and I'll comment. Terence Crawford versus Jaron Ennis. I think Jaron Ennis is going to be the future Love of the welterweight division. But I'd like to see that now. And if he can't get that, and Crawford moves up to, to light mid or super welterweight, I'd like to see Crawford versus Tim Zhu. Costa Zhu's younger son, who's been tre- tremendous. Uh, I'd like mid or super welterweight. Sorry, I'm an old man. I was super welterweight. That's the fight I'd like to see. Canelo versus Benavidez. That's, that also, yeah. David Benavidez has been a monster now. And, and Canelo... The time it could be right there. There's a Mexican, a Mexico, an old Mexican will title fight. That'd be great to see. Taylor Cameron three or Taylor Serrano two. Either yeah. one. Once Katie Taylor's in the one corner, we're looking for a good fight. Haney versus Tiafimo Lopez. Now you can put Devin Haney with a with a with a, with a, a group of fighters in in that way, around lightweight to, to super lightweight. But I like to see him and Tiafimo Lopez because the the unorthodox of Lopez would cause Haney loads of trouble, and and Haney could dictate the all with his jab. Clearly, one of the best fighters on the planet. Anoue versus Akhmadiliev. Now, that's a fight. Anoue going going up, maybe the featherweight. Akhmadiliev going up the featherweight as well, maybe. And I think them two, would that would be an absolute war. Of course, he boxed Tapalas recently, who beat Akhmadiliev in a very close fight. But I think that fight stylistically would be great. Maybe the best fight for me, because I am a little bit biased, would be Juan Estrada, Francisco Estrada versus Jesse Bam Rodriguez. Bam Bam Rodriguez, yeah. One yeah. of my favourite fighters in yeah. the last, in recent yeah. years, man. And I think them two, a great, a great Mexican, and a, and, a, and a guy with the Mexican heritage going off would be a fight for the ages. Um, I'd also, well, I'd like to add to a couple of those. I don't mind seeing a rematch between Terence Crawford and Errol Spencer, light middleweight, as we call it, 154 pounds. <laughs> Just to, there's still enough juice in that to see if Spence could do it at 154 for me. Um, yeah. If, if Alta Betabiev beats Callum Smith next week and I have the pleasure of being ringside for what I think is going to be an amazing fight in Quebec City. I've, I've never been there for boxing before, but I've been there for MMA. It's a real fight town as well. There's more likely to be snow down. You put the boots on. Everybody goes. They're all in big coats. It's going to be a cracking fight, that. I just think Betabiev, 19 wins, 19 knockouts, even though he's 38 and Callum hasn't fought... For 17 months, I think we're going to get a blockbuster because I think Callum has grown into 175 from being the number one at 168 till he lost to Canelo. I do want to see the Brit guy do well, the Liverpudlian, the, the 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 four Liverpudlian Beatles do so well. But I would like to see better be Evan Bivol this year at some point um, fight each other, even if one of them's lost, because I think... The, the, it's, it's an irresistible force against an immovable object. Two technically proficient guys. Better be ever monster with his hands as the fight goes on. And Bivol, I think I said it earlier, like Crawford, so technically efficient. So technically efficient. That's one, I think that's one for the purists in lots of ways as well. Yeah, no, it is really. It's because, you know, Bivol is just... Fantastic, and not, and also Bivol is fantastic. Who though he didn't show it against Lyndon Arthur so much, but he did against Ramirez and certainly against Canelo. Goes through the gears a little bit quicker than and, and more efficient than he used to. You no, know, usually he would rely on just you know if he's winning the fight he coasts, but now he's starting to put his foot on the pedal a bit more. And I, I, again against better beer, he'd have to be on point because there's a there's a danger factor. Any shot can hurt you. Any shot can put you to sleep at any time in any round, and that's always a worry. A guy who don't matter if he's getting out box or get no, he can be put on his heels now and again. Better be here, but it doesn't matter because uh, he has the power to finish you. And nineteen wins and nineteen KOs will suggest that. I got another fight for you, which would be a great fight. 
I'm not sure if it could be made though. Javante Davis versus Shakur Stevenson at lightweight. But it's not time. Tight. It's not time yet. It's a, that's a 2025 fight for me because <laughs> it's a bit like you could make Devin Haney now and Shaka Stevenson, and that'd be a super fight. But what what's going to happen? And you, you've seen this because Devin Haney just just to attest to what you were saying about the Lopez fight. I think we are seeing the beginning of his climb in greatness. Um, and physically, when you're with him now, he's filling out, isn't he? He's only 24, for God's sake. He's starting to fill out. He's got a massive chin and jaw, um, neck, back. He hasn't got the biggest legs. He can go up to 147, maybe 154 eventually. And what I think he'll do, he'll stretch Shaka Stevenson to come up and fight him at welterweight eventually just to give him those advantages. Because I've long held this view, yes, Javonta may beat Shakur, but there's times when I think Shakur's the best of all of them. Yeah, well, potentially. I think I think skill-wise, he probably is the best on paper, but, I mean, it takes more than that. It takes a lot of discipline. And he showed in his last fight that he wasn't as good as we've seen in the past. No. I, I do agree with you. Devin Haney, when I saw Devin Haney, the first time I saw, I've seen him in the flesh was, it, was in, in, in Riyadh. And I, if you would have told me he, he was big. a welterweight, he looked like a middleweight. He looked massive. I don't, yeah, like, okay, I he's big. If you told yeah, me he's yeah. a welterweight, I wouldn't believe you. So he's huge, and and so he's made struggle to make the weight. But I, I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not a fan for marinating. I'm really, I, I'm, I'm like because we obviously you know we've seen more fight. No, we grew up in sort of like in love with fights in the eighties where people would box at twenty two and twenty four. You know the fights were made then, and it doesn't hurt your career. I mean they go on to be great fighters with with defeats, and I think. Them two now, those guys there, like they had in, as a lightweight. Now it might it's sort of crossing over from lightweight to super lightweight now, but they can still have they can still have a great rivalry. These four, maybe five fighters, and and be remembered forever for the joy they've given us if they all fight each other. And I and I think you no, know, a few of them are boxed already, but I think I think you no, know, no, with with I think with Haney certainly, Shakur Stevenson and Javante Davis, who's who does forget, he's he's, the, he's maybe the biggest star. Right now in America, I would say, you know, you can say Haney's... Well, because he's the bad boy. Because he's the bad boy. He's the bad boy. And also, well, and, well not so much now. You know, you see he's, he's investing in his community all of a sudden. You know, he just, he just changed faiths as well, you know. So you know, he's maybe looking to, to be seen as a better person. But either way, he's the one who's had the bigger pay-per-view sales on paper. He's the one who's, who's maybe demanding the more money. No, but what so, I mean is America... America has always loved the bad boy. They love Mike Tyson. They love the guy that's a bad boy that can deliver. I've, listen, he will go through transformation. There's no doubt about it. I remember when he came here and fought, I think it was Ryan Walsh he fought, wasn't it? Um, and Liam, like, Liam. he could barely speak to the media. Liam, he could barely speak to the media at that point. He was like 20. He couldn't speak to the media. Floyd was there with him. Floyd did a lot of talking for him. We sat down. Obviously, we know he's from that area where the, where the wire, if you haven't seen it, go and watch the wire, the first one set in Baltimore. And, and that is the hood he grew up in, children's homes, um, around cousins that were even acting in that series, around drugs, around the, the nasty rock and roll that exists there. The great thing about him is, like Floyd as well, they're, they're, they go bad, they go bad guys go good eventually. And it draws the attention of the public. And one of the other reasons, Barry, given that, that sway of... Huge, all, all, all our American friends, for those listening, all our American friends that work in the media, that work in broadcasting, they all say that we're in a halcyon period over here at the moment, aren't we? Because we've got stuff going on in here. There's always big crowds. And, and we've got the Middle East, which is drawing us as well. Over in America, I think they really need those guys to be in super fights at the moment because those are the five, six, seven guys. That, that, that kind of weight division, or those two or three weight divisions, that really can create steam in America. We've lost HBO and Showtime this year. Those are the fights that need to be made in America to make America great with boxing. Yeah, I, well, ironically, you know, even though the, the TV stations are getting rid of boxing, I think the fighters themselves are, re, are, re, you know, are really showing up, and, and I think they have a great future. But either way, let's just see these fighters box each other. I think 2024 potentially can better 2023. Ooh, that'll be big. I've got a massive list. You know, like your list of fights. I started yeah. making a list and I could not believe, honestly not believe what a year it had been. And I, I think you said it earlier, you get to about April, you look back on April, and it's almost like you're looking at 2022 
because it's been such a long year. Even just to end with Inui on Boxing Day is extraordinary. Yeah, great stuff, Barry. You're listening to Fight Night Action on TalkSport 2. Next up, we'll discuss the things we don't want to see this year and what lessons we can learn from 2023. You're listening to Fight Extra on TalkSport 2. I'm Gareth A. Davis. With me this week to see in the New Year's the one and only Barry Jones, former world champion. Um, we're going to discuss now. I almost don't enjoy discussing these aspects of boxing, but they need to be done. When we look back on 2023, Barry, I mean, it was a big year for misfits, for crossover boxing. Um, I was at a couple of very big events. Um, the 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 um, Logan Paul, Dylan Dennis, KSI, Tommy Fury did extraordinary numbers for TalkSport. Massive pay-per-view. Um, I mean, I and I'm going to confess this. We were sitting there as the team commentating at one point on the night. We weren't on air at that point, And we were watching tag team boxing, okay? And we were all rolling around quite entertained. And the Manchester Arena had 20,000 people in it in that moment. We were two hours into the show. And they were all there till 11.30 p.m. And it did create an atmosphere. And people complain that, you know, it, it's not boxing. And it isn't. It isn't boxing till the bell. It's boxing till the bell rings. And then it isn't boxing. It's just something else. As an ex-pro, as someone who's been a world champion, as someone who has their blood in the game, if you like, who's put their lifeblood in the game. You know, I'm a passionate observer on the sport, long-standing What's your feeling about how it's going to affect maybe the grassroots upwards of boxing? I'm not quite sure what the effect will be. I think time will tell with that. I, I, I personally don't have an issue with it because I don't watch it either. I have to say that. And I don't listen, unfortunately. I, I shouldn't say that on, on here. But I mean, it's not because it's not, but I don't mind because it's not, I'm not, the, I'm not the demographic they're looking at. So it, I'm not, so I'm not worried about it. I don't, it doesn't affect me. I don't watch other sports, and no one. I don't watch UFC. No one cares about that. No, like I mean, I don't watch that. That's not. These are not the sports that I'm interested in. Nothing against them, and nothing against that. I have no problem with it at all. Because it's like what to me. It's like what like getting in the ring is a bucket list for a lot of people having a go. And if they can earn money from it, lots of money. Good luck to them. My only issue, and it's and it's potential issue, is if someone gets hurt. Boxing will get the blame. 100% guaranteed, boxing mm-hmm. will get the blame oh. if someone gets hurt. Mm. Apart from that, because I don't know what the regulations are with weights or, or um, ability-wise about fighting. They'll say that, professional boxing. And Ghana just boxed Fury and, you know, and, and McGregor boxed uh, Mayweather. So boxing hasn't really got a stellar record for that either. But, I mean, boxing will get the blame if someone gets hurt. But, but apart from that, if it brings a new audience, if it brings one extra person... To involved in the sport, more kids to a boxing gym. I, I don't see how it does, but if it does, then we have to thank it. But I just hope that it, nobody gets hurt. That's all, because it's no, it's not been anyone can throw a punch. I mean, anyone can throw a powerful punch, except for me, as my record would suggest. But I mean, it's <laughs> it's, take, it's taking punches and be and seeing the punches, having that vision, and that, and you learn that over time. That takes a long time to learn that, not panicking when punches are thrown at you. And that's the thing that you can it takes a, you can't learn that in a six month or one year or two year period. It takes a really long time of experience. That's why top class amateurs end up being top class professionals because of that. They've learned their trade as kids. But apart from that, if it's entertaining, people enjoy it. Then who am I to argue about that? I think it's not our sport we're watching, and I have been involved in it, um, commentating on it. There's always a caveat while we're doing it, saying. Yes, this is entertainment for a certain group of people, but it's not pure boxing. I, th- I think our, it's our sport, I don't want to use the word hijacked, although I do want to use the word hijacked. In some ways, I would rather see KSI's 40 million followers, and this is attesting to what you're saying, his 40 million subscribers and Jake Paul and, and Logan Paul's 40 million subscribers coming to our sport than Formula One. Because I do think they can see the transformation physically in those kids. And they can see that they definitely got balls to do it. I mean, yes, KSI's style was unorthodox against Tommy Fury. 
He did much better than any of us ever thought. And Francis Ngannou is a professional fighter. That's a different realm for me. That's a completely different realm. Um, you know, you, that guy's got an amazing narrative arc in his life and he's going to fulfill more as he goes on. Jake Paul may weirdly go on. I've got this nagging feeling he will stay at it until he gets a chance at a world title. I just think he's, he's just one of those people that wants to do it. If you saw him down a gym in Caffili or down in Splot and someone said, come have a look at this kid, you'd say, yeah, he's not a bad cruiserweight. He, he might win the British title one day. No? Do you know, may, maybe. Uh, what, what I do admire about him is that he's dedicated himself to it. He is, you know, people, people are saying, fight a professional boxer then. But he has. In Tommy Fury, and he and he is again, and he has in his last fight, and he will again in his next one. They might not be great uh, professional fighters, but then most p- people who just turn pro don't fight anywhere of any any note or quality. You learn your trade, so he's doing what people are asking about. Him. He's still getting criticised, but he will get a world title shot and warranted. But then, so do a lot of fighters. By the way, I might be one of them. Yeah. Many others, you know. Who knows? Ellis Zorro got a world title shot the other day. Well, actually, he won the world title shot in the end, but he was he was getting a world title shot, and he's no. a really good. Ellis Zorro is going to be a really good fighter down the line. But right now, he didn't belong in the ring with Jay Alpatire. Not not this stage of his career. But you can't blame him for giving the, for taking the opportunity. Yeah. So, you know, we can be very hypocritical of our sport in our sport of other people. I did I did um, Freddie Flintoff. I did his professional debut, so I I'm in no place to criticize anybody. So I'll work on anything. I I I, I say this, and I and I nicked off my friend Dave Rogers. I have a motto: if you've got the money, I've got the time. I'll work on anything. If you give me, if you pay me, <laughs> I will work on it, and I'll enjoy it. But as long as as long as nobody gets hurt, it, let him carry on. Good luck to him. Yeah, well, we only bought an hour of your time today and it's coming, the clock's ticking on the very close of it. So I'm going to rapidly move through and you're very expensive. So, and, and I will say this on that flow film because I was there covering that that night as well. Flintoff always speaks about the respect he has for the, the boxing industry ever since and says, if you recall, God, I wish I'd been that fit when I was a cricketer in my pomp because I wasn't. And he learned something. And I, I tell you, again... He had no skills, but he showed a lot of cojones. And I think it's that... The, the other thing about about um, Jake Paul, we can't say, look, he's going to manage his career. He's going to manage it very, very carefully to look right. So good luck to him is what I say. Um, I don't think he's done great harm to the sport. I think um, we've got to talk about drugs for a minute. Um, do we need a tougher stance on failed drug tests? We've got a big hearing with Boxing Board of Control uh, and Conor Ben over jurisdiction, over the two tests for clomiphene. I can't believe I'm still talking about it in 2024. Uh, ben versus Eubank, will it ever happen? And I've got a feeling that Ben will win his case this month. He'll move on and we'll see him fight. Is he ready for a Devon Haney? No way. Is he even ready for a Eubank at middleweight? I don't think so. I almost see that as a mismatch. But I wish the kid well this year. But I do think we need a more transparent system when something goes wrong and a jurisdiction that covers the whole world. Because at the moment, it's a bloody mess. Well, I think what, what doesn't help is like is social media because we get so much information that we're, we're, we chuck so much information continuously that the whole, everything's just muddled now. I, don't, I, don't, I genuinely don't know what's what. I don't know. If, I know he hasn't got a license, but I don't know whether he can get a license or whether the board has said no. If there's been a real a proper hearing, I don't think there has. I've gone past caring. Like, and by the way, he would if he if he got a ban now, he'd be, he'd be retrospective now, and he'd probably get he'd probably be on the box next week if he wanted to. But he doesn't want to. If he doesn't want to take a ban, then I said I, I don't know. I, I don't know. if he's got a case to answer. I, I'm not quite sure. All I'd say with the drugs is is that I don't know. There's different degrees of cheating. I know that for a fact. I never used to think that before, but someone opened my eyes. There's different degrees of cheating. There's taking a powder and then there's injecting stuff into in the, in the, in the buttocks or your legs or whatever you put it to give you superpowers. And that's what Gerald Miller was doing, I think. So you look at it differently. So there should be different bands, not just banned for life you get caught. I understand that. But it has to be a tougher stance. But the problem is, is when, when you've got a boxing board or, or a UCAT, which is not worth, I've got lots of money, they can't compete against multi-millionaires. 
I would say that much. So it's a difficult situation everyone's in. But Ben's adamant he's, that he's, he's, he's innocent, and I don't see how. But if, if he is, let him fight. If he's not, don't let him. That's all I'm saying. If he's innocent, let him fight. If he's not, don't let him fight. Like I say that the same with everybody. Either way, but we need to. We, we shouldn't know. We shouldn't know until we know. We shouldn't have known all this stuff. Should have been kept private, and then they have a proper hearing. Not 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 under the carpet, but you know, we got too much information. We don't know what's going on now, and none of us. It's very clever marketing. I think it's just it's all been muddled, so nobody knows what's going on. It should be done correctly, privately, and then we get the public um, verdict that goes public, and then you can look back, and then they have a paper trail, and then like like a court doc on the look book. Back on the book. I look at the book. Absolutely right. But then that's still a level of transparency. I've got to remind, you know this more than anyone. You certainly know it more than me. It's an inherently dangerous sport. We need to make sure that the testing system is in place to make it as safe and fair as possible. So we've got to stay on the case with it. Because I heard Adam Booth talking the other day on Talks War with Simon Jordan um, on a William Hill upfront podcast was saying he reckons the only way to solve it is let people do whatever they want. I didn't mean it. He didn't mean this, but let people take whatever they want. Because is there, until we have the right testing system and one world governing body, there'll always be people out there trying to get an advantage with things they shouldn't be taking. Amen to that, mate. That's all that's that's correct. I mean, but... I didn't want to end on that note. I didn't, yeah, I didn't didn't want to end on on that note, but I do think we're, we're, we're set up for an amazing year in, in 2024. Barry, my thanks to you for giving an hour of your time today to go over what was a great year last year. And and again, boxing could be flying this year once more. Without a doubt. I think we're going to, we've been superseding every year. I think that's what's been happening. I think 2024 is going to be the year of all, of all years. I think we're just getting better and better. There's fights every week. Let's not forget that. And I think big fights now. And with Saudi money as well, there's going to be those huge heavyweight unifications fights which help the sport grow. And that's what we want. You've been listening to Final Extra on TalkSport 2. We'll be back next week. We love our pets, but when the floor is covered in fur, that's harder to love. Eufy X10 Pro Omni Robot Vacuum has powerful 8,000 PA suction to make hair vanish from floors in just one pass. Plus, the roller brush has automatic detangling for easy hands-free maintenance. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com, that's E-U-F-Y.com, and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799.